0: So that was a glorious uh, victory over the Chicago Bears. However, that's not what we're talking about today because this is a throwback to 365 days ago. Appropriately enough, this is actually kind of cool because what we're going to be doing in this episode is a breakdown of the Chicago Bears. So it'll help put things into perspective because I know a lot of people are probably not super thrilled with how we got that win, which is becoming a really tired thing at this point. We win, but we're not happy about it. Eh, Whatever. But this hopefully will help put some things into perspective because one year ago today, I was breaking down the uh, Chicago Bears game. And if you remember, last year the Packers were not so good and the Bears were. So anyways, uh, without wasting any more time, why don't we take a quick break and we'll jump right into it. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Feeling good today. I don't know why, probably because I had tacos for breakfast. I don't know. It's one of the, you know, sometimes when you go grocery shopping, you go, you don't see, I go the other way. They always tell you, don't go to the grocery store hungry. I go the opposite way. I don't eat that day. And I just, it's like, do you know how great it is to go grocery shopping when you're starving? I know you make bad decisions, but dude, that is, that is like an hour and a half. And by the way, it only takes an hour and a half because I have to grocery shop for my wife and kids. And I have no idea where any of their stuff is, because they always want new stuff and these kinds of medicines, and it's like, where, where is that? And then you got to double back. and fi- If it was just me getting my stuff, it would take 45 minutes, but it would be the greatest 45 minutes of my life. Probably not even, like 30 minutes, because I, I know where to go. I know where the stuff is at. But do you know how glorious that is? To just, I mean, I'm not going to get any bakery, but I'm going to walk through there. Mmm. Just breathe deep. And then carry on and go over to the meat. But anyways, food in uh, the uh, the kitchen is quite glorious. And I woke up this morning and I was like, I don't know, should I have cereal or something responsible or, oh, I know, I'll have tacos. That's what I'm going to do for breakfast. It was so good. I got like six kinds of, of, I got two kinds of hot sauce and then they got four different kinds of these like, I don't know what they call it. It's 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 just like flavored stuff, like street taco sauce or whatever, like, you know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm just telling you, I'm in a good mood today. Things are, things are great. It's Saturday. we got Packers. The draft is kicking off. Everything is wonderful today. However, I'm in a little bit of a bind, and I want to talk to you about it right quick. So, I was thinking about it. There's three kinds of Packer fans. And I just want the other two kinds to understand me and my people real quick. Because the struggle is real. So I know you've probably blocked it out at this point in your mind because I say the same thing every day, literally every day, for the past. I don't. I should. I should look back. How many? How long have I been doing this now? For every, every single day. When did I start? Like August? Like four or five months every day. It's pretty good. But what I say in the beginning is your resident fanalist. Now I'm sure you know this, but let me break that down for you real quick. Fanalist is broken down into two parts: fan, and analyst. Because that's kind of how I view what I'm doing here. I am a fan, but I'm also an analyst. So when I say there's three types of fans, there are there's fans, there's analysts, and there's fanalists. Now, sometimes I lean a little heavy into the analyst portion, that's true. I'm a left brain guy, I can't help it. So analyst, n- numbers, Excel spreadsheets, math, logic, you know, correct, incorrect. I'm very heavy. Like, the right side of my brain is just off. It's just, I don't know, underdeveloped. It never really grew into anything. Like, I like music, and that's about it. And I like to sing really bad, and that's about it. But, so so let's just look at this Sunday real quick. Let's look at tomorrow. The fans want the Packers to win. That's not even a question. You're a fan. You you just root for the Packers all the time, and we've got end of the year, we've got playoff implications. It's the Chicago Bears. The Bears are talking trash. And it's like we've got a reputation on the line. And we've got, I mean, we've beat the Bears since forever. And if we just dominate the Bears. And, like, there's so much here. I mean, there's no reason to ever root against the Packers. Then you've got the analysts who are just looking at the numbers and saying, you know, it's one of those things where it's probably, if you just crunch the numbers, better off to lose than win cost-benefit analysis. That's all it is. If you do a cost-benefit analysis from somebody who does that for a living, I would be willing to bet they would say a loss is more beneficial to the Green Bay Packers than a win. Not this year, obviously, but long term. Then you have people like myself who are fanalists, and I think there's a lot of you out there, and I think I've probably converted quite a few of you who are fans that maybe are starting to understand the light of day as far as the analyst side. Maybe a little bit the other way, but eh, probably not as much. Here's our struggle. We see both sides, and this is going to be the worst Sunday of my life. Now, there's no—of qu- course, I'm going to root for the Packers again, of course, and I've—I've already said that. I always on Sunday, I'm always rooting for the Packers. That's why I do a thing called Positivity Sunday, because on Sunday all the other stuff goes out the window, and you're a Packers fan, and I just shut off the left brain, get rid of the analyst side, and then after the game I turn it back on, and we reassess the situation. But it is a struggle. On Saturday, I'm sitting here and I'm saying, if we win, what's probably going to happen is we're going to miss the playoffs and draft like 17th, and it's just going to be worst case scenario. As a fan, like, you know, I go on Facebook, I go on Twitter, and I see all the stuff that you guys post and you guys say and you guys see. All the hype videos. I see the Chicago Bears talking trash about Aaron Rodgers, and it's like, oh, you just messed up real bad. Do you know what you just did? Like, oh, we are not. We heard what you said, we're not going to forget. Like, oh, I'm sorry, was that a challenge to Aaron Rodgers? Like, do you understand this team is dormant right now? This, this team is basically a sleeping giant. Like, they're real good, the talent is there, but they just can't figure out what to do. And Aaron Rodgers has just been, like, pouting and moping, and, and he's probably the main reason this team just isn't going. You're just poking the bear, dude! The Bears are poking the bear. The real bear. I know you guys are named the Bears. The real bear in the NFC North is Aaron Rodgers. And there's no debate about that. Khalil Mack is probably number two. And it's probably a pretty close number two. But I mean, let's face it, a pass rusher doesn't have the impact as a quarterback. Like the number one quarterback in the NFL compared to the number one edge rusher. They're both dominant. They both help tremendously. But a quarterback can one-handedly win a game. An edge rusher cannot. He can have a massive impact. You can't win a game for your team by getting, like, four sacks in a game. It's just, that's not how that works. Compared to the guy that touches the ball every single time the offense is on the field, that's, it's a different situation. It's why they get paid all of the money. Which, by the way, Khalil Mack is literally getting paid almost as much as Aaron Rodgers next year, which, <laughs> listen, Khalil Mack's awesome. You guys are a much better team with him. But I'm telling you, that's not prudent, okay? It's not. And I really, really, really want to dig into the salary cap situation because I was poking around this morning just looking at it, and I had to restrain myself so hard to not make that today about this because we have to talk Chicago Bears, but I'm super excited to talk about that. But anyways, as a fan, I'm seeing all this stuff, and it's like, man, of course I don't want to lose to the Bears in Chicago, and we've got the record and the reputation. There's so much that goes into it, and... To be honest, I, I haven't seen Bears-Packers as a rivalry pretty much in my entire life. I mean, I grew up in Chicago, and it was somewhat of a rivalry because Bears fans told me it was a rivalry. Then I came up here, where my dad's side of the family lived after high school. I fled Illinois because it's a garbage state. No offense to you know people down in Illinois, but you know what it is. It's trash. I moved up here to the holy land of Wisconsin, and I talked to my, my family about it, and they're like, I don't really care about the Bears. Who cares about the Bears? It's kind of like Brewers fans who think that Brewers-Cubs is a rivalry. Like, (laughs) dude, Cubs fans don't care. They might now. That could be different now. But I grew up in Illinois. Cubs fans hate Sox fans. Sox fans hate Cub fans. Nobody ever talked about the Brewers, ever. I never heard the Brewers come up once until I moved up to Wisconsin. They don't care about you. That would be the equivalent of, like, Lions fans saying, Oh, man, us us and the Vikings, ooh, we got a real good one going. Vikings fans don't know you exist. Nobody in the NFC North knows you guys exist. I'm very sorry. Nobody cares about the Lions. That's how it's always been for the Bears. But I think one of the one of the good things about the Bears kind of stepping up is it's kind of reawoken, that kind of thing. I don't know if that's how you say that. Reawakened? Reawoken? Reawoken. I don't, I don't know if that's a thing, but I like saying it. Try it one time. Reawoken. It's like a Japanese love song or something. Ria Walken. oh, lighten up. Getting all mad at me for doing accents. Get out of my face. Keep it up and I will do my terrible Christopher Walken. But it's kind of reignited. Let's go with that word. An animus toward the Bears. Because nobody has cared about the Bears since forever. But suddenly the Bears are good for a second. And Packers fans don't care. Like, I don't care. Like, alright, you're good for like a year. Like, a lot of teams are good for a year or two years. And you f fo- Listen, do you know how many times... In our tenure as dominant in the NFC North, every listen, every year, every year there's a team that rises up. Some years it's the Lions. Some years it's the Vikings, Some years it's the bear. And you know what happens? You guys are terrible within a year or two. That, that's just this is, this is what happens in the NFL, but there are only a couple teams that sustain success, right? The Packers, the Steelers, the Patriots. I guess the Saints kind of, the Falcons kind of, but not really. I mean, it's pretty much just the Packers and the Patriots and kind of the Steelers a little bit. I mean, I don't know, I'd have to go back and look at it, but we're talking, like, let's say since, what, 2000? You could even go back further if you want. If you want to go back further, it's pretty much just the Packers. You want to go back to, like, 95, 94, whatever it was? That's The Packers are the only team that has sustained success for that long. You go since 2000, it's definitely Patriots-Packers. I don't know when the Steelers have been dominant, since. And by dominant, I, j- I just mean like generally you win the division, you're you're a decent team, potential playoff contenders, whatever. People recognize you as kind of kind of good usually. Saints, yeah, Saints have been in there for a while. They've been good for a while. But anyways, you you get to this point and you hear them start to pop off, and it's like man. I don't want to have to go down this road because you're so ridiculous. You act like a child. Like, one year you're good, like the Vikings were last year, and now they're trash. They're going to be even worse next year because their salary cap is just going to be even worse, and they're going to have to dump talent. I mean, you guys, you don't learn, man. You just don't get it. And, yeah, the Packers are on a downswing, and guess what? We're going to swing right back up because we're going to have, I mean, we've got a guaranteed, like, $40 million in cap next year. We could have up to about $75 million. Yeah. Just let that sink in. Plus all the draft capital. And I mean, as I said, we're underperforming. I mean, you, you don't even know what's going to happen to you. So the analyst in me wants is just like holding me back and is saying, dude, just relax. Okay? Next year, we're going to get them. Let them play around. Let them, be, let them say dumb stuff. they will going into the playoffs. They'll get knocked out. And then next year, they're going to be third or fourth in the division. Okay? Just let them talk. Let them do it. Actually, they'll probably be second because the Lions are still going to be trash. The Vikings are going to regress. And then, you know, whatever. But the fan in me is having a hard time with that because it's like, you know what? Fine. Fine. Keep talking trash to Aaron Rodgers. He'll wake up. He'll have one good game this year. It'll be against you just to beat you, just to spite you, because that's what he does for whatever reason. He hates the Bears more than anything, and he dominates the Bears all the time, and fine. I don't care about anything anymore. I don't care about the draft. All I care about is beating the Bears. I'm just going to go full fan mode. I'm going to wreck this entire team and our entire future just to spite you, just so you will shuddy. Quiet of the mouth. You guys sound so dumb. I mean, how do you? How are you so trash for so long, and now your team is like pretty good defense? And again, if this was 2017, you'd be like the third best defense in the NFL and one of about six dominant defenses. Whoop-de-doo. You guys realize you're the Jaguars right now? Like, do you get that? You are the Jaguars. Really good defense, terrible offense, and the reason your offense is terrible is because your quarterback is literally the laughingstock of the NFL. He's Blake Bortles, and you have the Jaguars' defense. And you're going to pop off at the mouth about how great you are and ha we won the division. Even though your record isn't all that great, the only reason you won the division is because the Vikings completely fell off. Because the 2017 Vikings would have spanked you so hard. And pretty much every Packers team, with the exception of, you know, last year and this year, would have just dominated you. Because it doesn't take all that much. Like a really good offense that can put up. A- Listen, okay, all right, I guess we'll start. This is, this is a perfect segue. You know how you beat the Bears? You score more than 22 points. Take a guess what the Bears' record is when a team scores more than 22 points. T- just take your time, nice and slow, think it through. They're 0-4. 22 points! They're 0-4. Their offense is so trash that they can't beat a team that scores more than 22 points. The Green Bay Packers scored 24. They won. Giants scored 30. The Bears lost. Miami Dolphins 31, Bears lost. Patriots 38, Bears lost. The games they won, Detroit Lions 22, Vikings 20, Seattle Seahawks 17, Lions 16, Cardinals 14, Bucks 10, Jets 10, Buffalo Bills 9, Rams 6. You guys can't win when teams can score points. And guess who you're going up against in the, uh, in the playoffs? You've got teams like the Rams. Yeah, I know you beat the Rams, but this is not a team that is usually going to be kept to six points. This is a team that regularly is going to get 30-ish. The Saints, the Cowboys, who now have found a way to score points on offense, and by the way, they also have a good defense, so good luck running up the score on the Cowboys. This team is ill-equipped to do anything. Can you beat the Packers? Yeah, probably. You know why? Because our offense can't figure it out, and because we don't have very much talent left, and because our head coach just got fired and because we literally don't have safeties we literally have no edge rushers and you know what it's basically a coin flip on whether we're going to beat you at home you know what's going to happen in 2019 do you have any idea what's about to happen in 2019 i i i mean this 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 packers team is so bare bones it's so bare and you we've already we're 1 and 0 against you this year 1 and 0 and you can make all the excuses you want, but you you guys have capped out. You've got your quarterback. You've got your wide receivers. You have your offensive line. You have your defense completely stacked. You've got the best edge rusher in the NFL. And this is your team. You're already 0-1 against the Packers. You can't beat a single team that scored more than 22 points this year. You're capped out, and it's all downhill from here. Khalil Mack's uh, contract is going to skyrocket. It just keeps going up. Nothing gets better from here. Nothing. What, what are you going to do? You're going to get a new quarterback? No. Trubisky's your guy. Sorry to tell you, that's it. Do you know how many years you guys have had dominant defenses and terrible quarterbacks that have just completely tanked your – I mean, do, do, do you, is every Bears fan like seven years old? You guys don't remember anything? Do you remember who Brian Urlacher was? Do you remember those years, how dominant your defense was? And listen, you guys won a couple times. You beat the Packers. There were some years where the Packers were better, and you guys went 2-0, and and Lovey Smith was like, hey, perfect season, great, good on you. How did that go? Do you guys want to go back to that? Because that's kind of where you're at right now. There are Bears fans that listen to this, by the way. One of them is a very good fan, and I don't mean to rain on your parade. I love you, dude. I'm just saying, Bears fans need to cool it. Don't be poking the bear. This This is a perfect opportunity. The Vikings, who are a dominant team, could not figure it out and fell off. The Packers, very good team. Complete chaos, fell off. The Lions are the Lions. And somehow managed to be worse than the Lions. This is your year. And granted, you're not even that good. But it's your year to figure it out. You kind of just waltz in. Right? Cool. You beat the Lions. They're trash. You beat the Vikings. They're trash. You beat the Lions again. They're trash. You beat the Cardinals. They're trash. You beat the Buccaneers. They're trash. You beat the Jets. They're trash. You beat the Bills. They're trash. Like, cool. Cool. You beat the Rams, that was really, really impressive, but that's basically the only impressive win of the season, with the exception of maybe the Seahawks, and that was a very close game. How many good teams have you actually beat? I mean, listen, you guys just, you don't, ugh. This is what I'm talking about. This is is what it's like. I'm trying to be an analyst, but the fan in me is like, you know what? I don't even care anymore! Because I want you to just feel pain! I want you to feel pain! I want you to know you're a better team and lose. But then the analyst has to reel me in because you know what's going to happen if we win? We're going to win. And the Bears are going to say, you know what? It doesn't matter because we're going into the playoffs anyways and you're not. And you know what? They're right. Not 100%, but a pretty good chance that they're right. And then we get left out and we feel good for one week. We get left out of the playoffs, they go into the playoffs, and all offseason they get to brag, despite the fact that they went 0-2 against the Packers, they were the better team. And you know what? They're right. Even if we win, they were the better team this year, and that's not really debatable. So the analyst in me needs to reel it in and say that a win here doesn't necessarily mean anything. Because the Packers are a better football team, just not this year. Right? for all of the last, I don't know, 20 years, but basically 30 years, because I'm, I'm turning, or I just, oh man, I'm 32. I turned 32. How did I not, I, for, I blanked out that I had a birthday. Happy birthday to me. All right, I'm 32 now. That was like two weeks ago. All right, I forget stuff. Basically 30 years, but not this year. But you know what? Here's the thing, and I know I'm, I'm this has taken 20 minutes for me to just explain the struggle of being a fanalist. And I want you to understand, I, I get it. Because I'm over here being cold-hearted, right? I, when I get on this podcast, a lot of times I turn... It's, it's the exact opposite of a game. You would not recognize me when I'm watching a football game because there's the heart and then there's the brain. When the game's on, brain goes off, heart goes on. When the podcast goes on, the heart goes off, brain goes on. Because I'm just trying to explain logical facts to you. Here's this, the, the underlying situation, and I, I don't care what you want to do. I don't even know what I'm going to do other than I'm going to root for the Packers during the game but come monday what is going to be what what's going to make me more sad a win or a loss i'm not entirely sure because if it's a win i'll be happy but it's only predicated on the fact that we will win out and we will get into the playoffs and we will make a push like at that point if we win we had better win the super bowl anything else is going to upset me a lot because this team is not ready this team is just it's it's a rebuild year it's not time yet it's too early to push in so we better get all the luck on our side and find a way to win If we lose, fine. Let's just keep losing, please. Thank you very much. Because what I'm looking at, as an analyst, is how do we dominate not just the Bears, but the Vikings and the Lions for the next, let's call it, five years. Well, I have an idea. We have a ton of draft picks. Potentially a lot of very early draft picks, depending on how bad we are this year. Beyond that, we have like a a, a minimum of about $40 million to play with, and as I said, up to about $75 million dollars that's a lot of cake ladies and gentlemen now it's it's kind of a nuanced thing and we'll we'll get into it but there's a lot of money to play with this team is in a great position to make a push in the future we're not in a good position to make a push right now okay now that you understand i want the analysts to understand the fan side i want the fans to understand the the analyst side and i want everybody to understand the struggle of the fanalists and i think there's a lot of us we feel it, man. We feel the pain on both... Every week is just pain on both sides. Not at the beginning of the year. The Beginning of the year, fanalist doesn't even... It doesn't mean anything. It's just everybody's just a fan. And analyst side is just like, okay, how awesome are things right now? It's not until you get to this part of the season where it's like it doesn't look like we're going to get in that it's like there's, there's pulling very hard on both sides and it's just tugging on me. But um, I'll be excited when this week is over because then after that we can o- officially pick a direction. If we beat the Bears... 100 billion thousand trillion quadrillion percent, we're going, right? Just just go in. Please don't lose to the Jets or the Lions. If we lose to the Bears, that's it. We're done. It's over. No more talking about the playoffs. No more talking about anything. I don't care about beating the Lions. I don't care about being third as opposed to fourth in the division. I don't care about losing to the Jets or winning to the Jets. We need to lose out. That's it. I derive no satisfaction from being third in the division. I just don't. Anyways, that was supposed to be a segue to actually start talking about the Bears, but we didn't get there. But yeah, so 22 points. There you go. That's that's the whole thing, right? I'm, I'm always looking at, when I do these breakdowns, correlations. There is no other correlation. There's nothing else. Score more than 22 points and the, pa- and the Bears lose. That's been the pattern this year. Now, the Bears have scored, you know, they've scored in the 30s. They've scored in the 40s. They They have that ability. But that is the general idea here. Because everything's kind of intertwined. When the when the Bears defense is playing really really well and they're shutting teams out, everything's great for the Bears. When the Bears defense it's the same as the Packers, but but from the opposite perspective. And you know, not this year, other years, it doesn't really matter about the defense. The defense is just a reflection of the offense. But when the offense gets going, things look good. When the offense can't get going, things fall apart. Because everything is just centered around the offense, and the Bears are just the exact opposite. Everything's centered around the defense. If we can get over on the defense, we can win. If we can't, we won't. Pretty simplistic, but that's 100% what we're talking about here. Um, Very quickly, let's look at the injury report before we carry on here. Uh, The Bears have three questionable players, Allen Robinson, Bilal Nichols, Eddie Jackson. They did move their slot corner on IR. I mentioned that yesterday. Um, Otherwise, I would assume most people are going to play. Eddie Jackson uh, didn't practice yesterday. But it does sound like he's going to play. Uh, I believe uh, Allen Robinson was full participation. He should be fine. Blyle Nichols, not like it matters. Defensive tackle, limited, but he should probably play as well. Not a whole lot to worry about there. A lot of full participations here. We've got uh, Lane Taylor was full participation. Equinemius, full participation. He's in. Aaron Rodgers, full. Clay Matthews went from limited to full, so he's good. Jimmy Graham, limited to full. Again, he does that every week. He's fine. Randall Cobb's been full. So all of these guys will be playing. Kenny Clark, currently questionable. He did not practice on Friday. I believe the the plan is for him to play, but I don't know at this point. Brian Balaga, uh, he is doubtful. Doesn't look like he's going to play. That's probably going to hurt, but again, you know, as much as I, I would rather not play these games right now with Khalil Mack coming in, kind of want to see what Spriggs can do. I, well, listen, what does it matter? Spriggs is going to have a terrible game, but and is, so so here's what's going to happen let me just tell you Spriggs is going to play he's going to get graded in like the 20s and then i'm going to come in here and say this was bad but it was khalil Mack. we got to give him another opportunity so let me just fast forward a bit finally Bashad Breeland. he hasn't practiced all week um he does have a groin injury and it says not injury related i told you i think yesterday or two days ago that doesn't make sense i don't know what that means something else is going on Bashad Breeland. um he lost a really good friend i saw that uh somewhere on twitter or whatever but it uh, looks like a, a good friend of his was, was killed, I believe, in like a car accident or something. I'm not really sure. I didn't really want to pry in. Don't really want to get too much into it here because it's not really pertinent. But uh, obviously our, our uh, hearts go out to Mr. Bashad Breland. Um, you know, some things are bigger than football. So don't know if he's going to play. Obviously no hard feelings whatsoever if he decides not to, if he needs to take some time. Um, that's, that's pretty tough. So I don't know what his situation is going to be, and I'm uh, not really too worried about it. You know, he's got to do what he's got to do, but that's the situation. No Brian Balaga, maybe on Kenny Clark and Bashaud Breeland. Everybody else should be fine, with the exception of half the team that's on IR. So let's dive into uh, pro football focus and see if we can't uh, get a little bit of insights into what we know about this team. Currently, overall, they're rated as sixth. I mentioned that yesterday. They are sixth. The Packers are eighth. Not going to really get back into it, but again... Packers are an underperforming team. If they can kind of just get up to what they're better at, then the Packers are within their its within their wheelhouse to win. Obviously, the Packers are more of an offensive team than a defensive team, although it's actually very close, which is kind of cool. It's kind of nice to see that the defense is kind of catching up to the offense, and it's actually probably the well-roundedness that uh, has them so highly graded. Offense, great now. The uh, Packers are rated 6th. The Chicago Bears are down here at 26th. Again, Bears fans, understand this is the problem for you. And it's not going to get too much better because you don't have a ton of salary cap space and you traded away all your draft picks. So you can improve, but it's going to be tough. So basically, expect 2019 and the offense to be exactly the same as 2018. This is what it is. While everybody else is getting better, you guys are going to stagnate for a while, and then eventually Trubisky's going to want money, and then you have Khalil Mack and Trubisky, and eh, then you're kind of in the Vikings situation where you have to start selling off your players because you can't afford to resign them. Just saying. Well done. Best of luck to you this year because this might be your one shot. I shouldn't get too cocky. I, I can't help it, though. They're talking trash. What do you want me to do? I got to talk some trash. And again, The analyst in me is more focused on the future, so I'm going to talk trash. I'm talking trash about the fact that, ha-ha, you're not going to make it this year, and guess what? Next year, you guys are going to be trash, and the Packers are going right back up to first, so so there. Passing offense. Green Bay Packers are 6th. Chicago Bears are 28th. It only gets worse. Passing offense. That is where you are the absolute worst. And by the way, passing is just looking at your quarterback because receiving is separate. This is the worst grade you have on your team. The worst grade you have anywhere. Is passing your quarterback is trash. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe he'll get better. I don't know. He could get better, but um, you know, it's the Bears. I mean, you, you guys know how this goes. This is how it goes. You guys just you got the defense, monsters of the midway, and then you got your garbage quarterback that throws interceptions. He throws more completions to the Packers than the Bears. We laugh at you, and it's a lot of fun. And uh, you guys go back to talking about 1986, and uh you know, rooting for your second favorite team, which becomes your first favorite team. By the way, for those that are new around here. Have you heard my definition of a Bears fan? Somebody who hates the Green Bay Packers, whose second favorite team is the Chicago Bears. And I'm telling you, if you don't live in Illinois, go down there for a little bit, ask them who their favorite team is. 75% are going to pick something other than the Bears. They're huge Bears fans when the Bears are winning. Like, they're all Bears fans right now. All of them are just diehards. Go back to 2016 and ask them who their favorite team is. It's everybody else. Second favorite team, though, Chicago Bears, for sure bunch of Fairweather fans. Now they're all popping off at the mouth about how good the Bears are. Anyways, pass blocking, uh, actually both teams are are pretty highly renowned, which is impressive considering how bad our guards are, but the Green Bay Packers are actually second in pass blocking. That's really an homage to the fact that we have a really, really, really good left tackle, a very good center, and a pretty good right tackle. Uh, And Lane Taylor is mediocre because the fact that we're second with the right guards that we have, Man, oh, man. Chicago Bears, though, are fourth, which on one hand, you look at it and say, uh, you know, that's kind of unfortunate because getting to Trubisky is going to be a big help, but it's going to be tough. On the other hand, you look at it and say, you have the fourth best pass blocking offensive line and you're still that trash. (laughs) You're so bad. Trubisky. woo! Love that guy, right? So good. I don't even want Cutler back. I think I'm good with Trubisky, man. I think Cutler was a little better. I mean, he had the picks and stuff, and he was mopey, which is funny. But, I mean, this guy's just bad. Like, Cutler was kind of decent. He just made boneheaded decisions. This guy's just bad. Can't help it. I'm just, I'm in a mood, man. I'm in a mood. The the fan thing is just taking over. I'm trying to stick to analysts, but I just want to talk so much trash right now. Uh, Looking at your receivers, something that you guys were all very proud of. I know Allen Robinson, he's going to be a freak. That's why we're paying him like 15 million bucks next year, which is a total waste of money. But anyways, we're going to pay him more than Devontae Adams. which is, a, this is This is why everybody needs Russ Ball, but y'all ain't got Russ Ball. You guys have whoever you have, and he's trash. Ru- I cannot wait to talk about the salary cap. I cannot wait. So awesome. But anyways, the Chicago Bears are 19th. Packers are 15th. Packers have one wide receiver and literally nobody else. The Bears have a ton of these signings, and they've got their rookie, and they've got all this cool stuff. They're 19th. So... <laughs> In, in a year in which the Packers receivers just, we've got nothing, right? We got Jimmy Graham, he's not doing anything. We got Randall Cobb, he's falling off. We got rookies that just aren't producing. And we just have Devontae Adams, and we're still better than the Bears. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine if we actually drafted wide receivers in the last, like, five years. How, how, oh. Like, the, the the Packers have basically followed a game plan to sabotage the team over the last three years. Like, what can I do to sabotage a team? And we're still better than you. Let it sink in, folks. Let it sink in. And we've got a new GM who had a good draft last year who actually wants to try to win. And our coach who's been sabotaging us is gone not deliberately, I know I love Mike, he's a good guy, but he's gone. And our defensive coordinator, who's been trashed for like five, six, seven, eight years, he's gone and we got a new guy and he's pretty good. I mean, you had all the opportunities in the world. You want to talk about wasting Aaron Rodgers' years, Talk about. let's talk about how the the, the Vikings and the Bears and the Lions have squandered an amazing opportunity to take the NFC North and just dominate. The Packers are at the rock bottom and it's only up from here. And we're, 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 we're maybe going to be second in the division if we just keep winning? How embarrassing is that for the NFC North? Good lord. You guys are so trash. Do you know how trash you are? Like, th- this is it. This is your moment. Vikings how embarrassed are you right now like you guys were dominant last year you went out and got a quarterback you got your running back all you had to do is draft a couple offensive linemen and you got a Super Bowl championship you got the trophy you're bringing it home and you stink so bad you're like rotten moldy foot cheese man how are you so bad what are you doing over there I don't get it you guys are just you guys are all trash all of you should all be ashamed But whatever, you had your chance. Again, Chicago Bears, this is your moment, man. You better win a Super Bowl. I'm not, you think I'm kidding. This is not a bluff. If you don't win, you're done. You're done. The Vikings were a lot better than you are last year, and look where they're at now. It's all downhill from here, brother. I'm sorry. Game over. Packers have been kicking their feet up for about three years. It's rebuild time. We're getting better now. Y'all messed up. You messed up. You had your chance. Sorry. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I feel like we're the Patriots. I I, I, I do. Like, the, the Patriots, if they had a down year, they'd still be dominant because everybody else is trash. Like, you got the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills. Like, you just have three incompetent teams around them. Like, everything is perfect. You got a good coach. You've got a dominant defense. You've got everything. And it's just like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, you just weren't made for this, man. You weren't built for this. I'm sorry. You're the Vikings. You're the Lions. You're the Bears. You guys don't know how to win. You just don't get it. You—it's not It's not in your culture. It's not you. It's not what you were built for. It's not what you were bred for. I'm sorry. You know, we're trying to kick back and let you go get it, but you guys are just fumbling around like a bunch of dummies. You don't know what to do. Look at you. It's funny to watch. And then the whole time you're puffing out your chest like, look how good we are, and everybody's laughing at you. Chicago Bears, you better win the Super Bowl. I'm leaving it at that. Probably not, though, because I'm really enjoying doing this. Let's look at uh, running the football, shall we? The Packers and Aaron Jones are seventh. The Chicago Bears, with their studly unit of, um, oh, who are those guys that are so dominant? you got Tariq Cohen, who's really good. And then you got Jordan Howard, who is supposed to be a freak. You're 27th. Great offensive line. Right, you got a real good offensive line. You got Jordan Howard who's a stud. You got Tariq Cohen who's very talented. You're 27th. Minnesota Vikings. You got your stud back. Woo, you're tied. You both are tied. You're tied at the hip. You know why? Cuz you're both a bunch of dummies. I'm sorry. I'm listen, I'm not trying to be insulting here, but I mean it's you can't even kick us when we're down. Like, we're down and out. You should be stomping our heads into the dirt, and you can't even do it. Like, we're trying to be the worst team in the world, and you're trying to give us second in the division. You guys are trash. You, you guys have you, you Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, Minnesota Vikings. That guy's supposed to be really good, remember? Remember how good he was? Remember all that stuff? What happened? And don't even give me that nonsense about an offensive line. Because that's a separate grade, my friend. That's a separate grade. This is looking at the running backs, not the run blocking, separate category. 27th, Chicago Bears. 27th, Minnesota Vikings. 26th, Detroit Lions. What happened to your running back? I thought you got Detroit! I... I wait a minute. I thought you all had a really good running back. Remember how you guys drafted? So, the Bears have a stud that they found later in the rounds you got the vikings in detroit who drafted really high to get running backs i thought they were really good Twenty-sixth, 27th and 26 so basically the nfc north doesn't know how to run the ball except the packers who have neglected the position for a long time because ted thompson who doesn't even know how to draft anymore found a gem in what the fifth round texas el paso <laughs> and he's just running circles around you guys oh this is funny i, I listen we can i don't even care if we lose because you guys are a joke anyways Uh, listen I will sit down here fourth in the division and laugh at you guys because you know what's coming I mean if you guys are paying attention and you understand what's actually happening you know what's coming this is this is rock bottom for the Green Bay Packers they're rebuilding from the ground up we've already got a new GM and he's proven to be very good in the draft we've got a new defensive coordinator he's proven to be pretty good this team was leading the NFL in sacks. We have literally zero edge rushers, nothing. Now we've got a we've got a corner for the first time since what 2014 in Jair. We're just getting warmed up. He he spent two draft picks on a punter and a long snapper. Like we're we're starting from the ground up. You don't you don't have to acknowledge it if you don't want to, but I mean you 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 have to know right? I mean you have to know. Run blocking. Chicago Bears have a better run blocking team, which doesn't matter because they don't know how to run the football apparently. Um, Green Bay Packers are 23rd. Bears are 18th. There really aren't any very good run blocking teams. The Rams are good. The 49ers are solid. The Eagles are pretty good. Broncos are good. Everybody else is average to above average or worse. As a matter of fact, there's only 14 teams currently that are uh, average or above. So most teams are subpar run blocking teams because everybody just drafts pass blockers. Nobody cares about run blocking offensive linemen. But all right, let's go over to defense. Now, I had my fun making fun of your offense, which is terrible. Let's talk defense. Chicago Bears are number one. Yes, they are. Now, the Bears would be technically number one. I just went back and looked at 2017. They would be number one defense last year as well, but basically tied with the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is interesting because I said you guys are basically the same as the Jaguars. However, your defense is .7, you know, your grade, so so they were 92, you're 92.7, so it's even a little bit better, so that's impressive. Would you like to know what the problem is? Your offense is worse than the 2017 Jaguars offense. I wasn't wrong, man. You guys are the Jaguars. Now, listen, Jaguars are close. You can do it. You can. You can win a Super Bowl. The Jaguars should have. Unfortunately, their quarterback was that trash that they just couldn't put it together. Like, literally, that team was balling out. They wanted it bad. That defense was incredible all through the postseason. But then you get into uh, the quarterback, and um, he was just trying to give the game away. But the Jacksonville Jaguars offense graded out as 73.1, which is technically in the good category. Your offense, 69.4, which is what I would call above average, which by the way, above average is not, you got to understand, above, so above average doesn't mean like you're 15th and above because it's not based on the year. It's not graded against everybody else. It's a solid standard number. So above average is the vernacular, but you're still 26th which is better because you want it to be a standard metric regardless of the year. Otherwise, you can't compare years. So that's this is definitely the better way to do it. Anyways, looking at run defense, Chicago Bears are number one. And put by a pretty wide margin, there are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven elite run defense teams. Um, The other six are all basically tied. The Vikings, Steelers, Texans, Colts, Broncos, and Saints. And then you have, Saints are actually a little surprising, but I guess they're pretty good at that. Then you have the Chicago Bears that are at 93. I don't like to give out numbers usually, but just to give you some insight as to the difference, right? I mean, you've got, even if you include the Jets at 89.2, you basically have like one point of difference between number eight and number two and then you have a three-point difference between the number two and the number one Chicago Bears so the run defense is just it's incredible right I mean this this defense is something pretty special there's no question just like the Vikings were last year just like the Jaguars were last year like the Eagles were last year like the Chargers were last year right there's a lot of good defenses Denver Broncos run defense very good Vikings run defense very good Packers run defense The Packers, if the Packers' run defense was the same as it was in 2016, we would be the number two run defense in the NFL. We're better than the Saints this year. Last year's Packers' run defense is better than the Saints this year, who are number two. But, you know, new defensive coordinator, new scheme, we're focused more on the pass, such is life. Dom Capers sold out on the run, which is why he probably wasn't very good at what he did. Moving on. Looking at tackling, which is somewhat of a fundamentals thing, the NFC North, with the exception of the Packers, is pretty good in this. Vikings are number one. Detroit Lions are number four, Bears are number 12, Packers are down here at 23rd. I know a lot of people don't really care, but I, I think it's a very important metric because it just comes down to fundamentals, right? A, a team that, and you see that with a defense, right? I, I keep going back to the Seattle Seahawks back in, I don't know what it was, 2014, whatever it was. But it was the year that, I think we had, it was the year after we lost to the Seahawks in the playoffs, and then we came back and played them week one. And I remember thinking, we're going to beat them. we got a really good team. And they just, that defensive performance was about the best I've ever seen. But there were there were two big things. One, they swarmed. So as soon as the guy got it, there were six defenders there. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. But also the tackling was just perfect. They never missed a tackle. There wasn't any of this sloppy nonsense. And it makes a big difference. How many times, you look at the Packers' run defense, these big runs, how many times is it a big run because guys that are right there aren't making plays? Right? Being able to make a play at, at the point of attack makes a big difference. It makes, a lot of times, the difference between a one-yard loss and a 20-yard gain. We've seen that many times. So teams like the Vikings and the Lions and, and the Bears and other teams that are, that are really good at just tackling, as much as it seems like a, a lame metric, it's, it's really, really important. Just get them down. It's like the first person that gets there, get them down. If, if you can just nail that, something like fundamentals, like tackling, it's huge. It's basically like catching on the offense. Like it, it pretty much makes a really big difference. Looking at pass rush, and this is... <laughs> oh, man. Bears fans are not going to like this. The Bears are ranked 8th. With Khalil Mack, with Keem Hicks, you're graded 8th. Now, again, this is taking everybody into account. So You have to account for everybody else along that defensive line, your other outside linebackers, your linebackers, your corners, everybody that tries to blitz, how are they doing? Bears are ranked 8th packers are ranked sixth so again guys you better win a super bowl because you know what 2019 draft is loaded with pass rushers you know what the packers are going to be drafting guys like josh allen okay it's guys like that they're going to get pass rushers this team has zero clay matthews cannot do anything nick perry has not done anything is now on ir kyler fackrell who is kind of a joke literally is our best pass rusher kenny clark who's pretty good isn't really an elite sack guy. He's not a te- we don't we don't have that guy. We don't have a Khalil Mack. We don't have a Akeem Hicks on our team. Well, well, Kenny Clark is close, but I mean, let's face it. He's a better run stopper than he is a pass rusher. He's pretty good, but he's not a double digit guy. Whatever. We have no personnel to rush the quarterback, but we have a defensive coordinator that's able to get it done anyways. Better than the Bears are with Khalil Mack. Y'all better win the Super Bowl. I'm just telling you right now. You better win the Super Bowl. Just get it get it in the books. Because you know what? You win the Super Bowl, nobody can talk anymore, right? Because you got it. That's that's the biggest look at the Eagles. Right? The Eagles went to, to, to zero. The Eagles and the Jaguars followed a very similar trajectory. They both got uh you know, a ton of money invested in free agents. They both went defense, they both went real hard, they both developed great defenses, they both pushed all the way in, they both got very close. One team won a Super Bowl, one team didn't both teams are kind of trash right now the eagles however will always be known as the 20 well what is it 2018 what do you call it it should be 2017 it was 2017 2018 i guess super bowl champions 2017 season they won it in 2018 i never liked that it was called the 2018 it's like dude you you played one game or two games in 2018 why are you the 2018 champions whatever big difference though right huge difference between two teams that were dominant and then fell off and became garbage because the Eagles are immortalized in history. If you go back and look at the the Super Bowl winners throughout history, it's a very exclusive club. right? Football's been going on for a long time, but there's only one champion that each year. The Eagles' name is written in history. That's all there is to it. The Jaguars, nobody's going to remember. Nobody's going to remember this glorious Jaguars defense that was just so dominant. Bears fans, I'm telling you, win a Super Bowl, nobody cares, nobody remembers. You know why the 85 Bears are remembered so much? Because you all won a Super Bowl that year. You guys have had a lot of really good defenses. Nobody cares anymore. The 2018 Chicago Bears defense is unbelievable. If you guys follow, you know, 2017 Vikings, you know how many people are going to remember that? In 20 years, you know who's going to remember that? Vikings fans, and that's it. Nobody's going to remember that. Nobody cares because they blew it in the playoffs. I'm just. This is a warning, man. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Win a Super Bowl or you're a chump. That's all there is to it. Anyways, looking at coverage, this is actually what the Bears do best, which is shocking, considering they have Khalil Mack and all this stuff. And their run defense is just above and beyond. Their defense overall is incredible. Their coverage, though, is just out of this world. And it's it's a it's a credit to Mr. Vic Fangio, which Bears fans. If you're just tuning in because you're trying to like see a Packers podcast or whatever, please understand. I've been pumping up a lot of what the bears are for a long time. It's just it's it's, you know, we got a game, so I got to talk a lot of trash. But I am I am beyond enamored with what Vic Fangio has done to that defense. It just blows my mind. Now, it's different than what Mike Pettine has done with the defense because every this is what I don't like about a couple I'll call it a couple Packers fans. That should be my new thing, just say a couple. It sounds less hostile. You got some people looking at this And they're saying, oh, we could have had Vic Fangio, and we get dumb Mike Pettin. Listen, guys. First of all, Vic Fangio did not come into Chicago and make this an elite defense year one. He didn't. There's two things here. One is the element of time, which Mike Pettin does not have. Two is the element of adding talent, right? We don't have Khalil Mack. The Bears have Khalil Mack. They also drafted Eddie Jackson. Yeah, you got to give Fangio a lot of credit for a lot of things because everybody's improving. But the Bears and their GM went out and got Eddie Jackson, who was a freak. So there's there's other, there's other players and there's time, neither of which Mike Pettin has. You have to judge each person individually based on what they have. I'm impressed by Vic Fangio, not because of the players that are there, not because of Khalil Mack, because he doesn't have any input on that. But you look at guys that were there and how well they played in 2016 compared to 2017 and then 2017 compared to 2018 and you see the growth in these guys that's incredible the the amount of players that have grown every year Vic Fangio's been there blows my mind so props to you all unfortunately he's a guy you're probably going to lose fairly soon you listen the Jets are going to fire their guy the the Browns have already fired the Packers have already fired there's a lot of coaches getting fired there is a, a lack of talent all over the NFL in terms of, you know, big name coaches, Vic Fangio has got to be near the top. If the Patriots guy, what's his, what's his name, gets a job over there with the uh, the Lions, Patricia, Vic Fangio, I, I promise you, is a much bigger commodity. So again, Bears fans, you better win because I don't think you're going to have Vic Fangio next year because he will be offered a head coaching job. And just a heads up, there is like a Larger than 1% chance, it's to the Packers. So, I'm just saying. There's a lot of reasons the Packers would like to have Vic Fangio. Uh, one would be, you don't have him anymore. Two would be, we have him now and know how to exploit your defense. And then three would be, I mean, he's just a really good coach. But anyways, the coverage, the Bears and their ability to cover is just... I right, mean, it's, it's it's incredible what you guys are doing. And, and all the credit in the world to the cornerbacks that you have. But there's, there's teams that have as good or better corners than the Bears have. Again, all due respect, very very good football players, but this is not like the most elite combination of corners we've ever seen in the NFL. Again, massive credit to Vic Fangio and his ability to not only have good players but know what to do with those players. Um th- this is by the way, I went back to last year, the Chargers and Jaguars had very similar grades last year. This is higher than the 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, we're talking fractionally, fractionally, but still just think Jacksonville Jaguars with A.J. Boyer and uh, what's his name? The other guy, Jalen Ramsey. Those two guys, we're talking about maybe the two best corners in the NFL paired up on the exact same team. The Bears are a little bit better than that. Denver Broncos, they they, they did have, I think with Aqib Tlaib and Harris, uh, I think those were number one and number two best corners in the NFL on the same team, Denver Broncos. This team is better than that. The last team to have a better coverage unit is the 2013 Seattle Seahawks Legion of Boom. That's that's as far back as I have to go to find a better coverage unit. And that's a team that had all the corners and all the safeties. Just to give some perspective, and I know they lost their slot corner, and that's going to hurt a little bit, but just I want to give some perspective as to how good this Bears defense is. Because I don't know if some Packer fans understand. Because I don't even know if I understand, to be completely honest. I don't know if I get it. That's incredible. The last time there was a team that was better than this Chicago Bears coverage unit, and we're not even talking about Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks, we're talking about the cover guys, we're talking about the back end, the guys nobody's talking about, it's the Legion of Boom, 2013 Seattle Seahawks. 2012, the Packers had the number one coverage unit, that's incredible. That's kind of cool, it's not as good as this, but uh, above the Seahawks and above the Bears, wow, it's kind of interesting. We'll probably have to do a lot of this deep divey stuff to look at some history uh, in the because. I don't know what I'm going to do in the offseason, but <laughs> that is interesting. A lot of interesting tidbits. We can learn a lot of things. Anyways, let's carry on, which is the name of the running back I couldn't think of, carry on Johnson for the Lions, who apparently not as good as y'all thought, huh? I know we had that one really good game in like the preseason, and everyone's like, oh, he's a freak, better watch out. No, I'm kidding. He's, he's good. Carry on Johnson's very good. He's not Aaron Jones, but uh, no, he's very good. It's a good pickup, and he could always improve. I mean, you guys have a better offensive line and all that, but whatever. It's no big deal. I am mean, just saying very good i'm sure you guys will be fine you'll probably win the super bowl next year <laughs> oh the lions oh i feel so bad for you guys like I, I can't even like i talk trash about the bears and vikings because there's some rivalry there which basically means sometimes you guys are better than us and it makes us mad and sometimes we're better than you and it makes you mad and that's why we don't like each other nobody's even mad at you guys like even years when you guys are pretty good nobody even cares it's like we kind of applaud you like oh look they're pretty good. I wonder if they're going to win the Super Bowl. You guys think? Yeah, maybe. Aw. It's like it's like our little brother. Maybe a little sister. <laughs> oh, man. That made me laugh harder than it should have. But, uh, no, really. Kind of like that. Kind of like our little sister. You got, like, the older competitive brothers, the Vikings, Bears, and uh, Packers. And then you got, like, the little sister who's trying to be tough. And it's like, aw. Look, she's doing it. Isn't she adorable? Uh yeah I that, I know you beat us but it doesn't even matter nobody cares you're the lions nobody cares nobody's even mad about that you're probably going to beat us again guess who cares zero people because you're just garbage all the time I'm sorry we're talking about the bears here this is running very long let's uh let's get specific real quick so very quickly uh, an overview of their uh, offensive grades here some of the guys that are to be noticed which there's basically nobody but Charles Leno at tackle He's a uh, he's a pretty good football player. Uh, Tariq Cohen, not a very good running back, but as a receiver, he's a pretty talented dude. Uh, Allen Robinson is certainly not worth the money, but, you know, he's a decent enough quarter, or, uh, wide receiver, I guess. Currently ranked 37th, so, I mean, whatever. <laughs> he's almost uh, number one wide receiver worthy. He's basically a uh, pretty decent number two, except he's the number one. So, Woohoo. Charles Leno though 16th, so decent, pretty decent. Uh, the, the the only other player that's graded as good that matters aside from their fullback is uh, Bobby Massey, barely in the good category. Their other tackle, so they've got they've got a decent tackle duo. Not elite by any stretch, but it's it's not bad. Otherwise, everybody is either above average, average, or worse. Uh, Taylor Gabriel is pretty average. Cody Whitehair, who was unbelievable in his rookie year, is just he's just not very good anymore I don't know exactly what happened I think I think his rookie year I think he was the best center in the NFL it was the most horrifying thing ever they drafted a guy and he was just a freak and then I don't know what happened Uh, one of the the bigger losses I know they lost their uh, slot corner but another guy that they lost that's somewhat of a big deal is Kyle Long with Kyle Long out they got uh, Brian Witzman don't know never heard of him he's not very good so that's going to be something that's somewhat exploitable um, in general, they have a pretty good uh, pass blocking unit, but uh, Wittman is not a very good football player. And their their rookie James Daniels, who I kind of liked a lot. Uh, I think he was an early second round guy. I think maybe he was first. When did they draft him? Okay, yeah, I didn't. I didn't think they draft. I knew he was a high second to late first, but I was like, I don't think the Bears drafted that high. But I guess they did. So seventh pick in the second round. Um, he hasn't been all that great. So the guards aren't all that fantastic. In general, there just isn't really a ton um i would assume jair alexander is going to be on Allen robinson if they have him shadowing julio jones they're probably going to have him Well, see here's the thing though taylor gabriel is kind of the small speedy-ish guy but i yeah you know what that doesn't matter because they all the last two weeks they've had the small speedy guy and they just put alexander on number one because alexander is just that good now i know julio had a relatively big game but alexander was in there in other words jair for those of you bears fans listening who are trying to get an understanding he's our rookie as i'm sure you know um He's been he's been pretty solid. I'm not sure he's up to that level of being able to lock down Julio Jones, but who is? Just keeping it real. However, Allen Robinson, I think he can give him fit. So we have a situation where I think we can probably put Alexander on Robinson, and then we just got to find somebody to take on Taylor Gabriel. I, I think that might be somebody like Tony Brown. That a lot of this is going to depend on if Bashad Breeland is playing. But in general, that's kind of the situation. Uh, you know, the, the, With Cohen and Burton, we've got uh, Josh Jones, who's going to need to be able to step up, and Blake Martinez and our linebackers and safeties. They're going to have to be on their toes with stuff like that. They like to play close to the line of scrimmage, um, partially because Trubisky's garbage, and they're kind of reliant on their offensive scheme to win as opposed to just talent. Basically, the exact opposite of the Packers. The Packers look at it and say, it's not the scheme, even though the scheme isn't that horrible it's about execution. The Bears look at it and say, no, nah, it's about scheme. So they're, they've are they got the motion, they've got all this different stuff, and they're trying to manipulate the defense and, and, and do all this crazy stuff close to the line of scrimmage and then get guys like Gabriel and uh, their uh, Anthony Miller, who kind of flashed for a little bit, but currently is not very good. He's barely in the top 100 right now. Um, Tariq Cohen, uh, to be able to use him in different kinds of ways, again, very, very good receiving back. Uh, Burton at the tight end spot so, so they're, they're going to be trying to to pick and poke and they, they're going to have some success doing it because the Packers despite having some talent somewhere they're exploitable right so okay so even if we can shut down Allen Robinson that doesn't really matter because they've got Gabriel and they can do crazy stuff with Gabriel they can get him in space and use him just as kind of a weapon they've got Burton in short yardage and, and we've they can kind of exploit us in those kind of ways Cohen again another guy that can exploit us Howard that can run the ball So they've got quite a few different things there. Uh, But I think there's a good opportunity for the Packers defense to really step up and show that they can handle this Bears offense, which is is handleable. But it's going to come down to some of these other guys. Because again, okay, Alexander's good. They just go away from him. It's up to guys like Josh Jackson and Tony Brown and Bashaud Breland and Blake Martinez and Josh Jones and Tremont Williams and some of these other sort of tertiary type guys, the the extended players that you don't usually lean on. These are the guys that have to step up if we're going to be able to stop this offense. Because the fact of the matter is, even though guys like Cohen and um, Gabriel and Burton and all that, they're not elite players, they're still talented enough. And with the Bears' scheme and their, their the offensive intelligence and innovation, they have the ability to confuse and, and kind of use these guys in creative ways to exploit guys like Josh Jackson and Josh Jones. So it's not going to be the Alexanders that make the difference necessarily, or the Kenny Clarks. It's going to be the other guys. The other guys have to step up. you know. And then when they do take deep shots, because as much as Trubisky isn't all that great, he's got a great cannon of an arm. And if he can get that thing under control, he can hit Gabriel deep. And that's where you got guys like Tremont Williams who are not doing very well. You got Bryce and all these other safeties that are out there that are just not doing very well. I mean, they can can attack the safeties, and they should, because we don't have very good safeties. I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world to kind of go deep. Cause if we have talent it's all up close right our defensive tackles uh kyler fackrell is pretty good in space clay matthews is decent in space blake martinez is decent in space josh jones is pretty good up to the line of scrimmage alexander all this stuff you keep these guys close to the line of scrimmage you take gabriel deep or whatever or, or you put burton on a seam route out deep and and stress a guy like tremond williams you might have a lot of success there so again in my estimation I think it's going to be the extra guy. It's going to be the, the ability of guys like that to step up and make plays that's going to make the difference between whether the Bears run away with this thing because offense is going to be tough. It's going to be hard to put up points, which is really going to be the biggest thing, which is what we're going to talk about next. But as far as stopping their offense from, from running up 30, 40 points, it's going to be the other guys that make the difference. And and if listen, if Robinson beats up on Alexander, we just don't have hope because that's that's the one thing we're supposed to be able to do. Uh, Flipping over to defense now, um, we all know Khalil Mack is pretty good. However, he's currently graded as fourth on this defense, just to give you some perspective. Uh, Sherrick McManus, uh, not utilized all that much, so we might be talking about somewhat of a small sample size here. But um, here's the problem. McManus is a small sample size, but he is currently graded higher than a Mukamura and Fuller, um, and he is now the slot corner for this team. So if we think there's going to be a downgrade, this could actually be a better slot corner. Again, small sample size, but we're talking about 100 snaps, right? Sherrick McManus has, where is it at? 102 snaps, 76 in coverage. He's currently elite. So we can call it a small sample size if we want, but we're talking about a guy that's graded slightly higher than Khalil Mack. That's their new slot corner. So if you know, I've I've listened to other Packers podcasts, and they're like, "Oh, Randall Cobb should be able to beat up the beat up the middle and do all this stuff." I don't think so. I mean, maybe if if that whole McManus thing was a fluke, but I mean, how much of a fluke? Even if he's not elite, what is he? Really good? Very good? Kinda good? Either way, he's better than Cobb. Uh, outside of that, Devontae Adams, who's unbelievably good. I mean, he's he's borderline elite. His grade is 87.4 again, I don't like to give those out too much, but I, I want you to understand the situation here 86. Point, or 87.4 ninth in the NFL. Kyle Fuller across from him. You want to talk about taking a step? let me just let me just illustrate to you why I love Vic Fangio. 2014 Kyle Fuller's grade 47.7 We were already talking about him as a bust. I know he was injured, whatever. 2015 70.5 pretty pretty above average kind of kind of good whatever. 2017 77 we're talking he's pretty good. 2018, 89.1, he's elite. This guy is killing it right now. He's the third highest ranked corner in the NFL, Um, just absolutely dominant and graded lower than McMahon is the slot corner. So Devontae Adams, 87.4, Kyle Fuller, 89.1. It's not to say Devontae Adams can't win, but what I am saying, this is probably Devontae Adams' toughest matchup of the year. Beyond that, Prince of Mukamura, who's going up against whoever, MVS, EQ, whoever it ends up being, this is the great, the, the best year of his entire career. Again, you want to talk about Vic Fangio and how good he is? Prince of Mukamura, let, let me just run through it real quick. Since 2011, here's his grade, 60, 69, 69, 69, 66. In 2017, when he came to the Bears, 73, best year he's had of his life. Second year with the Bears. And again, we're talking, what is this? Like his tenth year in the career in his, of his career, eighty-one point one, very good. He's never had a good year in his entire career from two thousand eleven to two thousand sixteen. Comes over to the Bears, has his first good year ever. Second year with the Bears, first very good year ever. Vic Fangio is kind of a freak show, and I can't wait. Whether it's the Packers or whoever, either, either the Packers need to hire this man. Or the Jets need to hire this guy and get him way out of the NFC North, but I don't want him anywhere near the Bears anymore. I'm not kidding you. If he stays with the Bears, I'm going to freak out. This man is incredible. This man deserves a head coaching shot. He's never been a head coach. I don't believe. I just looked at it yesterday. I don't think he's ever been a head coach. If there's if there's anybody in the NFL that's deserving of a head coaching spot, it's Vic Fangio, hands down. It's un. Flippin' believable what he's done. To take a guy like Prince of Mukamura, who has established himself as the most mediocre corner in the NFL, and to say, you know what, I'm going to make you great, and he does. I mean, you talk about you can't teach an old dog new tricks. This is an old dog who's suddenly one of the better corner, Top 10, he's the 10th best corner in the NFL now. How does that happen? How does it, Vic Fangio is how that happens. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But he's going up against uh, Marquez, so that's going to be tough. Beyond that, Adrian Amos, who was number one safety last year, is their strong safety, is now 23rd. Very, very good. Danny Trevathan is a very good linebacker. He's having a down year, but even as a down year, he's doing really good. Eddie Jackson, number one safety. So they went from Adrian Amos last year being the number one safety to Eddie Jackson. So two years in a row, Vic Fangio has had the number one safety in the NFL. Eddie Jackson, another guy that grew. Right? You talk about growth. Yeah, he didn't draft him, so he can't necessarily say he made him. However, 2017, how did he grade out? 68.3, he was above average. The very next year, he's the number one safety in the NFL. Oh! Get Vic Fangio out of Chicago right now. I don't care if we have to hire him, pay him $10 million a year just to go to Japan somewhere and take his phone away so he can't call the Bears. I don't care what it takes. Get him away. Get him so far from Chicago. I can't handle this. He's 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 just a freak. Maybe he's going to be a garbage head coach. Very possible. But as a defensive coordinator, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this in my life. The the it, and there's different ways to gauge it, right? You look at Mike Pettin and what I've said is is it's it's production beyond talent. So in other words, the talent isn't there, but he's able to scheme his way. His scheme is incredible. Vic Fangio, I don't know anything about his scheme, but his ability to elevate his players is unreal. Unreal. So um, they have the number three corner in the NFL, Kyle Fuller. They have a number 10 uh, guy in Prince of Mukamura, McManus, who's stepping in is actually graded higher than Fuller and Amukamura. They have Eddie Jackson, who is the highest-graded player on their team, at 93.2. The guy's basically perfect. You have Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks is graded higher than Khalil Mack. Akeem Hicks is another guy that's been growing. He's been, since 2012, he was average. 2015, he went up a little bit to 71. He's above average. You got him in 2016. We got Vic Fangio now kicking in here. He goes up to 76. He's good. Again, 76. He's good. And then 2018, he takes another massive leap. He's the fourth best defensive tackle in the NFL. Vic Fangio's a freak. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's just pumping these guys full of drugs. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he just goes out and gets drugs. I don't know what's going on. But these guys are just freak shows. I'm looking at a team that has one, two, three, four, five elite players on the defense. We have one on offense, and it's Aaron Rodgers. We have two that are close and Adams and Bakhtiari, but not quite. Bakhtiari is the number, well, now he's number two, but basically he's the best left tackle in the NFL. He's going up against Khalil Mack, who's graded even higher than David Bakhtiari is. We have Akeem Hicks, so so we have Khalil Mack, and we're like, oh, I wonder how that's going to go against Bakhtiari or maybe Spriggs. Oh, we got uh, Hicks going up against McRae. We got Adams, but he's going up against Fuller. Ugh. Whatever. In terms of how do we win this matchup, you know, the, the the defense's ability to stop their offense is a much simpler question. I I don't know. I don't know, because oh boy, usually it's pretty simple to be able to figure this out. I I think the only possible way that I can think is to work the middle a little bit, you know, with guys like Jimmy Graham. But even so, I mean, they they can, they got Eddie Jackson and Adrian Amos. They can utilize. If they need to go that route, um, if, if there's a corner that's exploitable, it's Prince of Mukamura, but I mean, he's so much better than anybody else we have. Maybe Randall Cobb, if this McManus thing is a complete fluke. I mean, we could try Aaron Jones and see if he can just have a really big game and just work the middle, but with Hicks and Amos and Mac, ugh, man, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I just don't. I, this is the first week in two years that I've been doing this. I don't have an answer. Not that they're not beatable, but I mean, it, this comes down to Mike McCarthy-style football, just win, right? It, it's it's not about scheme. You can't scheme this team. It's about being better. I mean, they're, they're beatable. They've been beat. I mean, they've been beat by teams like Miami and the Giants. It's definitely doable, but I'm just I'm just telling you, this is, this is a very, 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 very good defense. So I don't know. We'll see. All I know is tomorrow... I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do a podcast and we're going to talk about it and we're going to get jacked up. We're going to get fired up about a Packers game. And I probably should have saved a lot of the fire for tomorrow, but it is what it is, man. I get fired up. I get fired up and we're going to root for the Packers. But I'm just, listen, if we win, we're going to have to have a long conversation about what this means, because this is a team that, you know, again, they can be beat and they have been beat by teams they shouldn't be beat by because that's just seems to be what happens. But, um... Boy, oh boy, serious conversations are to be had. If we lose to the Cardinals and then we get rid of Mike McCarthy and we beat this defense with Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, Sherrick McManus, Kyle Fuller, Prince Mukamura, Adrian Amos, Eddie Jackson, Danny Trevathan, we got to have a conversation, ladies and gentlemen. So it's going to go one of two ways. If we lose, ah, man, but if we lose, I'm not even going to be confident unless it's really ugly that we're going to lose to the Jets and the Lions, but we're not going to get into that. We're way over time anyways. We'll figure that out on Monday. Whether we win or lose, we'll we'll figure out the direction to take. But um, anyways, it is what it is. Um, Going to be rooting for the Packers tomorrow. Hopefully we get to see some good stuff. It'll be a fun game to watch. Big rivalry coming up, which is fun to say because I usually don't care. But, uh, you know, Packers are down. Bears are on top. We're, we're kind of playing the underdog. It's a different kind of way to be. And it kind of makes you want to win a little bit more than normal. So anyways, uh, that's, that's, that's all I got for you. That's an overview of the Bears. Uh, look at the Packers. You folks enjoy your Saturday. Day. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye bye.